Okay, in today's conversation, I want to talk about how to build a truly connected enterprise and why it is important to have a truly connected enterprise and some of the key challenges. And we live in a connected world where the connection of people, technology and processes is increasingly important. However, transforming digitally to create this truly connected enterprise can be a huge challenge and can be complex to navigate. And to help me untangle this topic, I am joined today by Sanjay Ramawa, who is the CEO of Software AG. Welcome, Sanjay. Thank you very much, Bernard, for having me. It's a pleasure to, uh, to talk to you. Thanks so much. Very good. Where are you joining us from today? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in uh, close to Munich today. Um, I'm uh, working from home today, uh, but normally I'm in Darmstadt, which is just, uh, uh, just south of Frankfurt. As you know, our headquarters are there. Very good. So tell me a little bit more about Software AG and what you do and to give people an idea of the business and the size of it and your focus areas. Sure, great. Well, listen, we're, um, we're a company who is 50 years uh, bold, as I would say, and so we have a lot of heritage and the company was formed in 1969 um, and, um, you know, started with um, database software. So Autobus and Natural, which is where the company started from. Um, and, and then over a period of time, um, you know, added a certain number of capabilities to be able to support our customers. And so uh, today, Software AG is supporting customers in becoming truly connected enterprises, um, you know, the topic that we're going to discuss today. And what we mean by that is if you think about the biggest challenge that our that clients and, and um, companies and organizations have today, it's really that they have a lot of data that they already have in their systems, but are also generating a lot more at a very rapid pace. And uh, for them to be able to run their businesses, to be able to differentiate, to be able to offer new value or great value to their own clients, they need to be able to tap into this data. They need to be able to really turn that data into insight, into value. And so to be able to do that, they need to bring this data together, to be able to integrate it, to be able to give access to the business for it, and to then, of course, use analytics and, and you know, kind of uh, try to come up with, uh, with the next best action or, or decisions based on that. And so we're in the business of helping our clients to be able to integrate their applications, their clouds, whether it's in their, their, uh, their systems that are on on-premise or on the cloud, and then be able to move this data in a free, free way so that they can offer it to the business to be able to do analytics on and things. So that's the kind of business that we have. And we have three areas that we work on. One is hybrid integration API management. The other area is business transformation, so really process mining, process management. And the third area is IoT and analytics. So that's in uh, just a short term. In terms of size, we're about a billion uh, dollars in size and, uh, and about 5,000 people. And we support um, organizations and customers in 70 countries. Very good. So. What is a truly connected enterprise then? And why does being a truly connected enterprise matter? And what would you say are some of the key benefits? Yeah, you know, I think um, in today's world, any organization that wants to be able to 
operate in an efficient manner, operate in a manner to be able to differentiate and win against competition, needs to think about how they are able to tap into data, as I said, right? And a truly connected enterprise is one that has, uh, has the ability to move data in their disparate landscape. Everybody has a very, uh, let's say, disparate architecture, disparate, disparate landscape today, whether they have applications on-premise, uh, private clouds or public clouds. So the ability to bring this data together is what is, uh, is what is meant by being a, a being a truly connected enterprise. And why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you think about it, just take a simple thing as if you are an automobile manufacturer, you know, and you're you're selling cars. If you do not have your cars connected and you're not able to collect that data from the cars you're not able to serve your customers in a better way. First of all, by understanding what the service needs might be and how to uh, you know, warn your clients when the right time may be. That's one part of it. Number two, you're not able to use that data to further improve your product, you know, because you, data, data on products in operation is most useful to, uh, to improve the quality of your products. And then the third thing is, as more and more uh, organizations move away from just products to actually offering services, they use this connected um, uh, enterprise uh, ability to be able to offer more services over the air, um, you know, give, give more subscription-based services to the clients. And the only way to do that is by being a truly connected enterprise. Very good. So do you have examples of companies that you would say have gone on this journey and have created a pretty well-connected enterprise? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you two examples, one from Europe and another one from the US. And, and if I start in Europe at a home, uh, home um, uh, country itself, you know, DHL is a very good example, where DHL has invested a lot in becoming a truly connected enterprise. They've invested a lot in um, their, uh, their digital infrastructure to being, uh, you know, digitally transforming their operations so that they're able to, um, to, you know, collect the data, capture the data, but then more importantly, allow the business to do analytics on the data, whether it is in real time, making decisions, streaming analytics, or it is in, you know, doing more supply chain kind of diagnostics and, and, and analysis. So, um, this is a great example of a company that because of the digital transformation, what they had invested prior to the pandemic, were actually able to deal with the workloads in the pandemic and the fact that all their people, a lot of their people had to work remote. Uh, obviously, they have physical operations, so not all of that was remote, but you know, many people had to work from home, be able to access the systems, be able to make decisions, do anal uh, analysis, et cetera. So I think that's a great example of a company that invested in digital transformation, in becoming a truly connected enterprise, and then has been able to deal with a very difficult situation such as the pandemic. The other example would be Tractor Supply. In the US, Tractor Supply is um, a retail uh, company that, um, that does all household kind of goods uh, or household kind of equipment. And they had uh, they had the interesting challenge that uh, again you know and I take the reference of the pandemic that they had to move and shift to something that's called curbside delivery. In other words, the customers could order online, but then they would come in and they would come and pick it up from the curb um, in their parking lot. So there there was no physical contact, but you know so you could take care of the pandemic issues. But at the same time, you could keep the business flowing and the customers happy and and you know serve the customers. 
and and they leverage technology uh, hybrid integration uh, technology from our side to be able to again make data accessible make such an operation in such a way of uh, serving the customers possible another great example of a company that invested in digital um, uh, technology becoming truly connected and enterprise and then is able to serve uh, serve their clients you know you are a CEO of a big company. You've given some good examples, and they're all examples of organizations like DHL reacting to the pandemic. Do you feel that the pace of digital transformation that we've experienced that was necessary because of the pandemic that suddenly changed so many processes, people working from home, people having to think digital first. Do you see this continuing over the next few years? You know, I would say, Bernard, the pandemic, you know, as unfortunate as it was for obviously for human lives and for the society, I would say in some ways it was a wake up call to many, many organizations. You know, there were many that had been postponing the need for digital infrastructure, for digital transformation. You know, we'll do it next year or we'll invest more next year. And, and, um, and that has been a wake up call that um, it was not possible or it has not been possible to be able to deal with the requirements of, you know, everybody working from home or, you know, kind of uh, the speed at which you have to respond to the market changes. Those kind of things, you know, people who did not invest have were caught by surprise and hence they had to speed up. When you speed up investing in technology, you end up with something called technical debt. And what happens is you invest a lot of money and you do activities that allow you to get to market quickly or, or deal with the problem. But at the same time, there's a lot of workload that's piling up that also still needs to be done and has not been implemented at the same pace. That's called technical debt. And so many of these companies are now dealing with the challenge of how to reduce their technical debt and bring that workload down. So I think, you know, first and foremost, I, I think many companies realized they, could, they had no other option. Going forward, I don't see companies slowing down their investment digital transformation. What I do see is companies actually um, dividing their spend into two buckets. Critical, must-have, bucket and the nice to have and so if there are maybe some you know kind of fancy analytics tools or some some sort of application implementations which can be postponed or can be done a bit later they will postpone that spend out but the must have the critical digital infrastructure spend the hybrid integration the you know data data streaming data analytics or data integration those kind of investments they are not slowing down yeah, the example that you gave DHL, I've had their chief people officer on this channel and on my podcast, and we talked about especially how they were able to transition into and, and tackle some of the challenges that the pandemic brought because they had the digital backbone already installed and, and they could then transition into a working from home experience. Just out of interest, and there's an interesting discussion going on around working from home at the moment with Elon Musk saying people need to come back into the office. What's your view as a CEO? How do you see the future of work? You know, I... Um... I subscribe to the, to the point that we are all human beings. And by the virtue of us being human beings, we crave for interaction and collaboration. 
right? So those basic instincts that we have of collaborating, you know, coming together, celebrating, or working on challenges and feeding off each other's energy, etc., those things will not change. No pandemic can change that, and therefore we will continue to have that. However, I think the pandemic did teach us some lessons on efficiency and what what optimal ways of working we can we can offer to our people and i think that the hybrid is a is the way forward i think that is the way we are going to achieve the optimal balance between collaborating tapping into that energy that you build and those creativity that you have when people come together and on the other hand allowing people to gain from not being inefficient and having to travel every day so i give you an example bernard what uses it an individual carrying their laptop driving one hour to their office sitting in their office and doing all sets of calls where they don't meet anybody and then driving back another hour now i don't see any value in that on the other hand i see lots of value for two days if the individual comes into the office or three days whatever and they plan a lot of physical meetings around that time where they have a brainstorming session, they have a, a debate, you know, client presentation, something where physical presence together really drives a lot of value for uh, for them and for the clients. On the other side, I also think you know this hybrid creates better uh, balance, private and and um, work balance. You know, personally, I I have experienced a bit of that. You know, I have two young boys, fifteen and twelve. And so, because I was traveling quite a lot, you know, I leave home on Monday and I come back on Friday. I wasn't able to really, uh, you know, get into their school life and really learn a bit about that. It's a bit on the outside, you know. Whereas the pandemic, I've been working Mondays and Fridays from home and the rest of the days traveling or being in the office. And I learned a lot more about the school. I, I feel like I'm back in the circle. So I think, I think there are some, some things that are very uh, valuable of hybrid. And so for me, definitely the, the future is going to be hybrid. It's also going to be a way we're going to excite, energize, and, and uh, retain great talent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So for all of this, we need the digital backbone internally for our own employees. You touched on the fact that companies need to transform digitally to connect with their customers differently. One of the big themes that people are talking about at the moment is the metaverse. Have you got any views on the importance of it for some of the customers that you work with? Look, I think, you know, everything is a collaboration tool, to be honest. Metaverse is another collaboration tool. We've got people that can interact with each other and you create, um, you know, kind of personas and, and you, you reflect yourself in the digital world. I think all of that is, is, is fine. You know, we are, we have, everybody is unique and individual and, and they have ways of expressing themselves. However, I don't see it much more than a way to collaborate. That's the way I look at it. You know, I don't see it replacing what I said was human touch and human engagement, human interaction. I don't see that because I fundamentally believe that human beings want uh, interaction, uh, want, to, want to feed off that, you know, that, that excitement, a coffee uh, at the corner and things like that. So, so it, I think that's, that's what I think, but, but nothing wrong about digital interaction and leveraging digital tools and capabilities. I think the more we can use them, the more efficient we get, the more, more, um, uh, more opportunities we create for people. And obviously leveraging workforce that is sitting in very far-flung areas, you know? So, for example, you, you can be part of a team uh, in those kind of ways, in, in virtual ways, you know? And so it doesn't really matter whether you're living very close or not. I think that's what I mean by hybrid, right? Let's tap into the best possibilities 
but not having to say one way is the only way, you know. Very good. So in order to transform digitally, you believe you need to create this truly connected enterprise where data can flow freely. What do you see as some of the central roadblocks then to becoming a truly connected enterprise? You know, I would say the the biggest challenge that companies have and organizations have is cultural change. You know, while it is, it's not easy, but it's simpler to make a decision on a platform. It's, dim, it's simpler to make a decision on technology. And, you know, saying we are going to use this technology, we're going to leverage this technology. But what is not really easy is to change the ways of working. And I think you cannot become a truly connected enterprise or a digitally transformed organization to really tap into those benefits unless you also address the ways of working. Because, you know, effectively a digitally transformed organization is just a different way of working, different way of interacting with your customer, different experience, different, uh, different use of data. You become a very data-driven kind of organization. So, you know, just putting new technology and having the old processes and the old ways of working is, I think, waste of uh, waste of investment. You don't get the returns. Hence, I think the biggest challenge is, is in, in change management and, and culture. And I think if you take that one step out, it, it is about leadership, really. It's the fact that leaders need to understand that if you want to transform your organization, you cannot only do it by implementing tech. You've got to back it up with, um, with cultural transformation to make it sticky, to make it sustainable, you know, and that's, I think, so if I were to nail one challenge, that's what I would say, you know, which is, which is really, I, I don't think enabling technology is the blocker. We have enough enabling, mature enabling technology that's available today. And the ways of implementing are much simpler, much easier, and the ways of consumption and paying for them are also much easier. Today, we are supply all our technology as subscription and SaaS. So it's on consumption base, right? You don't have to do massive upfront capital investments or you don't need to have long RFPs and big decision making. You start a quick proof of concept. If it works, you can scale up. If it doesn't work, you can scale down. So I think, <clears throat> I think technology is not the blocker. I think it's really about processes, change management and ways of working. No, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> this is exactly what I'm seeing with lots of the organizations I work with that actually the ones that are able to become this truly connected enterprise, are able to digitally transform successfully. They've really embedded this in their strategy, in their culture, in their leadership. They're aware of the technologies that are on the horizon and how they can use it. But you're absolutely right. Nowadays, you can use AI as a service, robots as a service, blockchain as a service. Pretty much all of the transformative technologies are available in, in whatever shape or format you need and in, in whatever quantity you need it. True. So, do you have any examples of organizations or any use cases that you feel have tackled these roadblocks really well and have addressed some of the culture issues and people and leadership issues that you talked about? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I would say, you know, recently we won Maersk as a customer of ours for uh, business transformation and uh, process mining. And, and I think Maersk is a fin fantastic in, uh, example of a company that realizes that you know, it's not only about technology, it's about, you know, people, it's about the change management, it's about the culture. And so uh, very impressed with uh, their transformation journey and um, 
their transformation leadership uh, in terms of uh, working on that as uh, the core part of them becoming more digital. So that's a great example of a company that knows that investing in processes, investing in ways of working is the only way to go more digital and become more digital. Um, that would be a great example in my mind, yeah. Very good. Software AG also talks about the importance of having a digital backbone. Can you explain this in a bit more detail and maybe outline why it is important for enterprises to have a digital backbone? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to the point around, you know, to be more digital, you need to be able to tap into the data that you're creating in your uh, in your app landscape, you know, whether that is, um, again, on-prem, private cloud or cloud, or even now at the edge. We have a lot more data that is created on edge appliances, edge assets, edge edge uh, mobile um, equipment or, or automobiles, etc. So, um, so when you start from there, what is needed to do that? That is what we refer to as a digital backbone. You know, first you need to be able to move data between your applications. So you definitely need app-to-app -app integration, app-to-cloud integration, app-to-edge device integration. That Without that integration layer, which I would call as the glue, you really cannot do anything. You, know, you cannot, cannot um, have this connected um, uh, operation. The second thing is really about data integration. So one is application integration, the other one is data integration. So uh, you connect the two applications, but you still got to move the data between those. You've got to understand what that type of data is, you know, whether you need to move that data very fast, you need to move that in a batch or a, or a file system. So that intelligence is required as to how to move data around. And, and recently we did an acquisition of stream sets in San Francisco, you know, a great company that's growing very rapidly at 70% CAGR. This company offers technologies, which is smart data pipes to be able to really understand how to move data. So that's the second part of the digital backbone. And then the third part really is the fact that, you know, um, where, while you're doing this uh, integration, you also need to make sure that the end-to-end -end processes are very clear. They're mapped very well. You understand how things work and that you are able to do process mining, which is drill into the process at places to get the data and then use the data to be able to optimize the process or deep, you know, let's say um, unblock the processes in areas where you know there, there's um, there's an issue or a bottlenecking or whatever whatever may be the challenge. So it's it's this three technologies, you know, what we what we talk about these three platforms. This is what forms the digital backbone. Very good. And do you have any examples that illustrate this in practice and showcase some of the benefits of having the app integration, the data integration and using data to optimize your processes? Yeah, I mean, I, I would obviously go back to the to just as the, to the examples that I mentioned to you. So DHL would be a very good example where they leverage web methods for application integration. They use streaming analytics. They're also uh, looking at their processes in the, in the right way. Um, tractor supply, as I also mentioned, was a similar kind of example. So both those examples apply to uh, to digital backbone thinking. You know, very good. So Software AG recently announced its Q1 earnings results, including results of the ongoing Helix transformation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. You know, before I go to the Q1 results, what I would say is, you know, Helix is our transformation to take the company from 
um, you know, for, from a company that wasn't growing for the last eight years or so to a company that is now sustainable, profitable growth, but delivering value to our customers through in helping them become a truly connected enterprise, you know, leveraging what I said is the digital platform. So this strategy and this, uh, this um, transformation journey is a five-year journey. We are now stepping into the fourth year of, of the transformation. And we've made significant progress along the different dimensions of this transformation. We, we modernize our entire product portfolio to a cloud native uh, product portfolio. Uh, we are now very focused in the areas that we have just been talking about. Uh, we emphasize a lot on markets like North America, Germany, UK, France, Japan. So these are kind of key markets where we put a lot of investment in. We have shifted tremendously away from the perpetual old model of delivering software to subscription and SaaS. In fact, today, when we look at our uh, recurring revenue, when we started the journey, it was around 55, 56% of the product revenue was recurring. Today, about 91% of our product revenue is recurring. So a massive shift in the type of company that we have become. And I would say, you know, we've opened the doors of Software AG tremendously around our partnerships and how we leverage the ecosystem, whether it's with Microsoft, AWS, Google, or with some of the systems integrators. And that's really helping you know, us deliver value to our clients, but also helping the company grow. So, and finally, I would say we've invested a lot in companies. We talked about, you know, the fact that this is quite important. It has also been important on our front to be able to transform our company uh, to a growth company. And I think you don't change culture in one year, that's for sure, or two years, but we definitely are a very different company now, you know, three years uh, down this journey. So uh, overall, just on that transformation, I wanted to say that we made tremendous um, you know, progress towards our goals of 1 billion by 2023 um, that we have as Helix. On the Q1, uh, you know, that was our fourth quarter of, of uh, consecutive revenue growth in the product revenue. And what that shows is that the transformation of going from perpetual to subscription SaaS, that, that shift, you know, that going through the, the fish curve, that is now getting into, into the right growth direction for us. So our four quarters of consecutive growth on product revenue was very good. And uh, we intend to continue keeping that momentum and uh, you know, kind of completing the, the objectives of getting to that 1 billion by 2023. Um, now we are also sitting through and thinking through our next five years in terms of what would be the next uh, North Star for the company and the next uh, set of goals for the next five years. So that's where we are. Very good. So how do you help your customers becoming a truly connected enterprise? You know, our, our, uh, you know, our way of uh, supporting our clients very much is to become a core part of their strategy, a core part of their ambition. How are they wanting to succeed, grow, support their clients? And so, you know, with the clients, like the examples that we took, it is all about becoming an important part of their strategic uh, uh, ambitions and execution. You know, so whether it is supporting DHL being able to deal with this phenomenal surge in volumes of uh, transactions based on the pandemic, et cetera, whether it's uh, helping track the supply and dealing with things like curbside delivery and, and changes. And again, very, very rapid scale up in growth of volumes, whether it is to work a bit more on the sustainability side with customers. For example, we work with a company called Trailer they're using our IoT technologies to reduce the carbon, uh, carbon, um, carbon emissions of, of trucks in operations, you know. Uh, so it's, 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 that's the way we become a core part of the strategic nature of their uh, delivery of their, of their activities. And so 
I, I always come back to the fact that digital infrastructure, digital transformation software becomes quite mission critical. You know, it's not like a nice to have, it's more of a mission critical. And that's the way we deliver value to our clients. Very good. So any advice, any top tips that you would have for any business leader listening to this today, thinking, okay, I might need to rethink how I digitally transform. I need to think about how I become a truly connected enterprise. What would be your top tips? Yeah, I think, you know, um, my advice to leaders would be to set the ambition and the expectation and the challenge right from the top. In other words, digital transformation needs to be needs to be part of the strategic direction of the company. That's the first and foremost. And that means that the CEO and the exec team all have to speak the same language. You know, uh, I feel very proud that when I'm explaining to you the strategy of Software AG, and if you were to go down into my company and talk to many levels in our company, I'm pretty confident that you would find the same three towers that we talk about in our strategy, focus, execution, team. So we haven't kept it very complicated, we kept it quite simple, but it's very clear that the majority of our company will be able to speak that language and will be able to tell you what we mean by truly connected enterprise. And so I think that's very important uh, for leaders to, to make sure when they're talking about digital transformation, it's very simple and it is many levels in the organization that can share or, or, or understand and then communicate in the same way. So that's number one. I think number two is my advice to leaders is not to try to do everything themselves. And I think many companies and many organizations fall into the trap. They feel like they would like to continue to build and create. Uh, whereas what happens is normally there's a, almost 80% of the stack the technology stack, the platform, the capabilities are pretty much available with partners. You can partner with somebody quite deep and you get 80%. And then you should focus your energy on the 20% that really is your business domain, your understanding, your value to your clients. That's another thing that I would highly advise. And then the third thing is, is the golden part of our cultural, cultural uh, aspects. So, you know, leaders must attend to change management. Uh, this is not possible to become digital if you don't attend to the ways of working. So those are the three things I would say, you know, would be would be my, at least my own experience and hence what I can share. Very good bits of advice. Looking ahead then, if you look at the technology landscape, what technologies are you particularly excited about in the future that you feel will transform businesses the most over the, the coming five to 10 years? Yeah, look, I mean, I will start and I know, you know, integration might not sound that exciting, but I tell you, it is so core and so fundamental that the smartest ways of moving data in the least amount of uh, time, efficiency, uh, that is a very exciting space because it really enables um, our companies and organizations to do many, many things that they would like to do. Be um, you know, offer more products, offer more services, be more agile, be more dynamic. So that's number one. I'm very excited about that because we keep seeing more and more developments of great technologies like stream sets, which we just acquired, smart data pipes. And so that's number one area I'm very excited about that because it is so mission critical. Hmm. Second area that I am very excited about is IoT. And, and why am I excited? Because I think more and more it's becoming evident that uh, 
the way we as consumers, the way we as organizations want to consume is really based on usage. Yeah. And, and so if you want to support somebody who is consuming based on usage, you need to understand how that device, that machine, that uh, appliance, whatever it is, how does it work? And to only only way to know that is through IoT, to be really able to collect the data. To so I think I'm very excited about IoT, particularly as it gets combined with 5G and the abilities to be able to really offer connectivity, uh, high-speed connectivity, high-capacity uh, high, um, uh, connectivity uh, in, in a wider way. So that's kind of the second thing. I'm obviously also quite excited about machine learning and AI because I think you know we will have more than 500 million AI-powered applications uh, by 2025. That effectively means that AI will play a very important role in in simplifying and allowing us to do uh, and attack more complex problems in a simpler way, giving the power right to you and I as individuals in terms of being able to, you know, kind of make very complicated decisions without having to depend on too many experts. So I think I'm very excited about that technology also. So I would say these three areas uh, really are very exciting in my opinion. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Finally, what are your hopes and predictions for the future? Well, you know, look, I, you know, I think, um, I think uh, the pandemic really has taught us that we are very resilient. Human beings are very resilient. Uh, organizations are also quite resilient and, you know, can deal with very difficult circumstances. So my, my hope for the future definitely is that um, we will tap, continue to tap into this resilience of human beings and resilience of organizations. Um, I think my hope for the future is that we will invest in being more digital because that's what, um, that's what we as our, our own organizations as well as our clients and, and uh, different organizations need to be more, uh, to be more responsive, to be more, um, to deliver more value, to be more operationally efficient. So, so therefore my, um, uh, my expectation or the hope will be we will be investing more in, uh, in being more digital. And I think the third thing is, and which would probably be <clears throat> that we as organizations also consider sustainability as part of our strategy. It is not something that is nice to have and we would do it if we have some money or if we have some time. I think sustainability has to be a core part of your DNA. It has to be the way you operate as a company, as an organization, the way you think, that you are also thinking about your role in society in combination with your commercial uh, responsibilities in your and and I think um, I think it's good to see the developments in that direction. I think it's very good, but there's more to do there definitely. So I, my hope would be that we would establish that as a core part of our strategy as organizations, not uh, not an afterthought. You know, so. I couldn't couldn't agree more. For me, this is one of the most important challenges we need to tackle as the world. And if we don't make sustainability core of everything we do in our organizations, then we are failing. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much for your time today, Sanjay. Anyone who wants to re-listen to this conversation, head to my YouTube channel or listen on my podcast. Thank you so much. Bernard, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.